1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read one verse. This one verse will, will chart our course for this morning-ish. We'll read a bunch more later. But it's, it's getting us in the right direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, the people of God. And, and this is what he says to him. He says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. The word of the cross, the word of salvation, the word, man, that Jesus paid it all. The word that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting everlasting life. And that word is to foolishness for some, for those who are perishing, but for us who have believed and received it. It is the power of God that has led us to salvation. Father, we thank you for salvation this morning. Lord, we thank you for the miracle of salvation. And I pray this morning that our eyes would be opened so that we could see clearly this miracle. Rejoice in this miracle. Worship because of this miracle. Give us a revelation of it today, I pray. Lord, draw us closer to you this morning. Continue to draw us in and draw us in and draw us in. More of you and less of us. I pray that, Lord. I pray today we would take another step closer to you that we would be conformed into the image and likeness of Jesus this morning let us understand salvation in a brand new way I pray that Lord and God if there's anyone who's watching online who will watch later who's here today God that is far from you I pray this word would just draw them and pull them straight into who you have called them to be. I pray that, Lord. Lord, let your anointing continue to to reign in this place. Let your presence continue to draw us to you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, just tell three people. Say, receive him, receive him, receive him. Amen. So, Happy New Year, CWC 2021. Come on, somebody. My goodness, 2021. Where in the world does the time go? Like, I mean, where does it go? I'm not sure if, like, it's because I'm getting slower as I get older or if time is just getting quicker. I'm I'm not sure which one, but I just know this, man. It's here, and then it's gone super quick. I can't believe we're already in 2021 today. I just got used to saying and writing 2020. So now I got to figure out how to get used to saying and writing 2021. That should be, that should be fun. But, but as I was, was thinking about time, right. And how, how time goes really, really fast. I started to think about how, how time is a commodity that you and I can never get back. We, we can never get it back. Once it's gone, right? Once we live in a moment, 
Once we, we live through a minute, once we walk through a season, we can never get that back. Once it's gone, it is gone, never to be revisited by us, by us again. You know, there's a running joke in, in, in our home with, with my wife when we watch a bad movie. And just for your knowledge, it's always her that picks the bad movies. I only pick good ones, but <clears throat> just maybe that'll help you one day. I don't know to know that, but <clears throat> that's a lie. But anyway, the, the running joke in our house is when we watch a bad movie is I say, honey, you just wasted two hours of my life making me sit through that. And I'll never get that back. Do you understand what you just did to me? Even if I picked it, I blame it on her. So <clears throat> it always works out for me in the end. But because the reality is, is there's no do-overs in time. None. There's nothing we can do to get back time once we walk, walk through it. And, and that led me to start thinking about all the different times in my life that I've wasted my time, right? That the times that I wasted BC before Christ, before I gave my life to Christ, all that time I wasted not surrendering my life to him, all the time I've wasted after I've given my life to Christ, right? Like all the time I've, I've wasted being ungrateful, all the time I've wasted being frustrated, all the, all the time I've wasted by complaining. There's been so much time in my life that I've, that I've wasted. And, and man, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I'm sick of wasting my time. I, I'm tired of wasting something that I have very little of to waste in the first place. I'm, I'm tired of wasting a commodity that I can never regain again. This life is but a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the very next. I'm tired of wasting this, all this time and I'm tired of allowing the things that are happening around me to get my eyes off of Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, all this garbage that's happening, happening around me, trying to distract me from the mission that God has, has for me. Man, I'm, I'm real tired of it. I'm tired of allowing the enemy to do that. And if I could just be really transparent with you for a moment and honest, like I haven't to this point, but man, that's gotta change, man. That has to change. And maybe you're super good with time management and super effective with it. Um, but for me, man, that's got to change. Me wasting my, t my time on things that do not matter, that have no eternal implications whatsoever. Got to stop wasting time. And, and so this is what I love about the new year. Happy new year, by the way. We just got real serious real quick. <clears throat> Amen. We're laughing. Bam. That's what happens with time. It goes so quick. I mean, just saying. <clears throat> but that's what I love about the new year is it has the ability to cause us to think about change, to recognize we need to change, to, to realize some of the changes that we may need to make in our, our lives. And look, it's not as though like the new year comes and it automatically brings with it change, right? It doesn't automatically bring some supernatural, miraculous change into our lives. We all know just because the calendar flips and the year changes doesn't mean everything else in our life changes. Although when you walk through a, a year like 2020, we, we probably wish that was the case. Like, man, hopefully when the calendar switches, all the pandemic is over and the masks are done and all this other garbage we've had to walk through, like hopefully that's all done because 2021 is here. Well, that's just wishful thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, like... <laughs> It's just wishful thinking. The new year doesn't just automatically bring change. You know, there's this, this old saying that, that, I, that I really like, and it, and it goes like this. 
If nothing changes, nothing changes. So simple, but, but so very true. If nothing changes, then nothing, nothing changes in our lives. But, but the reason that I love the new year, right, is because it does cause us to reflect on the past year, right? What we did wrong, what we did right, what we did well, what we did too much of, what we didn't do enough of, this is what the new year does for us. And, and it causes us to evaluate the people, places, and things that we have in our lives that we're spending our time doing. And then hopefully, once we start realizing those things, hopefully we'll start praying that God would help to change the things in our lives that need to be changed. But if nothing changes in our lives, then nothing will, will change. And because the new year doesn't automatically bring change, if you and I desire to change, then we need to seek the one who can bring the change. I hear people all the time saying, man, I want this to change in my life and I want that to change in my life, but never to hit their knees, never to give their lives to Christ, never to get into the word of God, right? Just to keep doing the same old thing, expecting some change to come. And it's just not, it's not true. Why do we keep doing the same things over and over again and expect different results? Albert Einstein classifies that as insanity. Matter of fact, he's the one that, that came up with that. Doing the same things, but expecting different results, he said, is insanity. But yeah, man, people want to change in the new year. And, and what a lot of people do in the new year is what? They make resolutions, right? New year's resolutions. How many of you made one this year? And you guys are all liars. Like, are you... <laughs> Are you scared like I'm going to crush you or something? Like, I promise you, I'm not. I haven't made them yet. And, and, and the reason why is because I, I haven't took the time to do it yet. So, but I will. I'll make them. But this is what people, people do, right? They make New Year's resolutions because they want to see change in their life. They, they, they want to feel different. They want to look different. They, wanna, they just want to be different. And so they, they change and they make these resolutions in order to do so. Which, which, by the way, is, is great. There, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, come on. Listen, if you want to say that your New Year's resolution is you're going to do four days every single week in the gym, you'll have to go look for a gym who enjoys freedom. But if you find it, <laughs> praise the Lord. Maybe you will. But if you want to do that, amazing. Run forward. If, if, if you've decided that in 2021 to celebrate it, you're going to lose 20 pounds in the first 21 days. Praise God, go for it. That's awesome. But, but here's the thing I, I will say. <clears throat> People who make New Year's resolutions to bring about the changes that they want to make in their lives typically don't follow through with the changes. They, they, they typically don't. Matter of fact, I did a little study on that just to see. Like, what's the, what's the stats or the statistics or the odds of someone sticking to their New Year's resolution? I found less than 8% actually follow through with the changes they say they wanted to make. Now, I don't know about any of you. Maybe you think differently than me, but 8% isn't very good, okay? Maybe it's so, you know, forefront of my mind. It's probably because when I was a kid, if I brought home an 8% on a test, my mom would have wore my butt out, B-U-T-T. -T. Like, wore me out, made me go pick the switch myself, bring it back to get beat with it. Like, 98%, I'm cool. 8%, I'm grounded for my entire childhood. So that's always stuck with me. So 8% is not good, and less than 8% is even worse than 8%. So my goodness, 
why do every single year we keep doing the same exact thing, expecting something to change? Like, like well, this year is going to be different, even though 40 years, it ain't been different. 60 years ain't been different. 50 years, whatever it is. It ain't been any different, but this year, I'm telling you, I got it. I got it. Doing the same thing, but expecting different results. I'm not calling you insane. Albert Einstein is. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that wasn't my definition, just to be clear. But, but, but what I am saying is, is this. We have to change how we are seeking change. We got to change up the strategy in the way that we desire to, to achieve the change. We, we, got to, we got to change that. See, as, as people, as people, here is the truth. We don't need more resolution in our life. We, we, we don't need that. Do you know what we need? We need more transformation. People need to change. Newsflash, maybe you think you're perfect. You're not. I'm just saying, just in case you were thinking you were. <laughs> Spoil your, your party. But like, the Bible says that not one of us are good. Not one. Not one. Only he is good. That's it. Now, in Christ, we are a new creation, and now we've become good. But this is the reason that we need to be transformed, because we need to change. We need to change. And not just like surface change. You know what I mean? Not just what we look like, how we feel, although that's fine. But, but that's, that's not what really needs changed. We need deep and lasting change. A change that can stand the test of time and not waste our time. That's what we need. We need to change the way we think. We need to change the way we talk. We need to change the way we act. And we cannot achieve the change we need in our own strength. It's impossible to do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. But the reason that I love the, the new year is because it has the ability to cause us to evaluate, evaluate our lives, see the things in our lives, and then work on the things that we need, that we need to change. And last week, we, we launched into a brand new series for the new year titled House of Miracles. Come on, say that with me. House of Miracles. Now, now look at your neighbor and say, this will be a house of miracles. Say it with a little conviction, like with a little bit of faith, a little bass in your toe. You know what I mean? Like, this will be a house of miracles. You hear me? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, say it with your chest. There you go. I like that. Say it with your chest. This will be a house of miracles. Amen. I speak things as though they are in faith. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I speak it in Jesus' name, man. We're going to see miracles in Jesus' name, healings, signs and wonders in Jesus' name. But you know, it's funny, right? Because as I was studying and preparing for this, this message, okay, the Lord told me to go back and look at what we, what we preached last year at this time in 2020, to start off 20, 2020. How many of you remember the title of the message we preached last year in 2020? Nobody. I didn't either, so don't feel bad. I was just seeing. Like maybe you got a better memory than I do, and I'm the one that preached it. But <clears throat> so I had to go back and look. The Lord said, go back and look where I had you at at the beginning of 2020. And so I did what he, what he said to do. And it was wild because I, 
the, the title of that series we launched 2020 with was called Miracles. God still moves in the modern. Why is this significant? It blows my mind. Because if you remember what I told you last week, this, this House of Miracles series wasn't supposed to be now. It was supposed to be weeks and weeks prior to now. And all that would have been ended by now, which would have had no significant whatsoever. Zero. If I'd have looked back, like, okay, so what? We did it last year? Okay, what's the big deal? But two years in a row, the Lord's working all things together for our good. Two years in a row, talking about miracles. Launching into a season, into a brand new year, believing and having faith that we're going to have a house of miracles. That God's miracle working power is still available to us, for us. And, and I found that to be really amazing because what that, what that tells us is, is this, is that God desires for us to get it. He desires for us to get it. He wants us to operate in his miracle working power. He wants us to demonstrate his miracle working power. Just like the apostle Paul says, he said, the message I preach isn't done with persuasive words or eloquent words, but rather it's done with demonstrations of the power of God. This is what he desires for his church and for his people. He desires for this place to be a house of miracles. We're just aligning ourselves with his desires for us. Amen. Amen. And listen to me, God doesn't waste time. He created time and he's not even held, he's not even held captive by time like we are. He's standing before all things and at the end of all things. How does that happen? I don't know, but he does it. He's the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, right? But he doesn't waste time. And so when he has us going over a subject more than one time, it's because he's trying to get us to believe it and receive it in the deepest parts of who we are. So look, let me, let me encourage all of us, man. Let's go into this, this year and into this new season, man. Declaring, Lord, increase our faith so that we can believe you for miracles. We believe, but then help our unbelief. Increase our faith so we can believe you for, for miracles of healing and miracles of salvation and, and miracles of freedom and mir miracles of, of sanctification so we can believe you for your miracle working power to work through us in Jesus' name. Let's all have that, that prayer on the tips of our tongue and on the forefront of our, our mind. And I'm telling you, if we do, we will see miracles break out in his house. We'll see it break out. And so today, man, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a, a better way to launch off the new year than to launch it off talking about the miracle of salvation. The miracle of salvation, the miracle of change. Because listen, the miracle of salvation is the miracle of transformation. That's exactly what it is. And since we need that and we need to desire that, this is the place we come, right, to Jesus. Right to Jesus. Listen to me. If we desire to see change in 2021, then we've got to start off by giving everything to him. Giving him everything of who we are. All of ourselves, not just parts of ourselves, not just the parts we don't like. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Lord, Lord, here, I'll give you this because I don't like this about me. You know, so I want you to fix it. No, no, no. Giving him every bit of it because we trust him with it. Every part of our, ourselves we need to give over to him. Asking him to come into our lives and have his way. See, a lot of times I think we want God to come into our lives so he can give us our way. Come on. That's exactly what we do. 
Lord, 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 I, I need you because I need to stop being this person. And so change me. Because I need you to do what I need you to do in me. Instead of saying, no, wait, hold up, hold up. Lord, I receive you and I want you to have your way in me. I'm not trying to dictate terms because I've already tried that enough. I've wasted enough time dictating the terms. You dictate the terms. And here's the thing we gotta realize when it comes to the miracle of salvation. Miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle of all time for all of mankind. It's the greatest miracle of all time. The miracle of taking someone who was once dead in their sins and in their trespasses, completely dead, gone. That's what the Bible says. A spiritual death, taking them who was once dead in their sins and their trespasses, trespasses, and making them alive again in Christ. It's the miracle of salvation. Taking the lost and making them found. The miracle of making him who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God through him. The miracle of, of taking a sinner and making them a saint. Taking an enemy of God and making them a friend of God. The miracle of salvation is incredible. And we can never allow this, this miracle right, to, to lose its luster to lose its awe and wonder with us. We can't allow that to happen because every other miracle stems from salvation. It's all rooted there. It's all found there. And you know, I, I love Luke chapter 10 and you guys have heard me talk about Luke chapter 10 several times if you've been here any amount of time in our church. I, I, I love it because I'm evangelistic by nature and I love it because it's here that, that Jesus, right? talks about the miracle of salvation. And the reason I love it so much is because, man, I'm a product of the miracle of salvation. I'm telling you, I was headed on a highway to hell. No stop signs, no speed limits, no red lights, ACDC to, ex to express <laughs> my, my salvation experience. Like, I'm telling you, I was headed straight forward. There were so many people that, that said to me in my life, man, you're gonna die young, a drug addict, or you're gonna die old in prison. One of the two do. That's where, you're, that's where you're headed. And man, I was headed there as fast as I could possibly get there until Jesus came after me and changed me and transformed me. And he didn't do it just for me to have eternal hope, although I, I have eternal hope in him, but he gave me hope for right now. I have life and life more abundantly now. Before him, I had absolutely nothing. In him, I have absolutely everything I could ever want and wish and believe for. Man, we are each and every one of us walking, talking miracles of salvation. If you've given your life to Jesus, maybe, maybe you were dead different than I was. Maybe you didn't have the same type of problems I did before Christ, but we were all dead in our sins and our trespasses. That's why the miracle of salvation is such great news to every single one of us. And he gave me life and life more abundantly now the miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle of all time. And we can't afford to look past it or overlook it and say, oh, we, we've already dealt with this. We're, gonna, we're just gonna do something else. No, no, no. Because man, God can reveal more through it every single time we hear about it.
And it's amazing. And, and so I love, I love Luke chapter 10 because it's there that Jesus actually shows us and displays for us that miracle of salvation is the greatest of all miracles. Because in the text, Jesus sends the 72 disciples out two by two. He gives them all authority over all the power of the enemy. And he says, go heal all the sick and set, set all the captive free. Anybody that's demons possessed or demon oppressed, set them free. So they do, right? They all go out two by two. And they start healing the sick. The Bible says everyone who was sick that came to them was healed. Every person that was demon possessed that came to them was set free. And after they get done witnessing, right? All these incredible miracles of God. After they get done operating and demonstrating the power of God, they, they go back to Jesus and they're, and they're really pumped about it. They're super excited about it. They're rejoicing about it. And they say, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And they're excited. And Jesus responds with this. Yeah, okay. Well, I was there. I saw Satan get cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning. I was there. I seen all that. And I have given you all, say all, all authority over all, say all one more time, over all the power of the enemy. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in that. Instead, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because you've experienced the miracle of salvation. That's what's worth rejoicing over more than anything. Rejoice because I know you and you know me. Rejoice because you've believed in me and you have received me. That's where your rejoicing needs to be simply saying miracles are amazing, man. Healings and all these different things that we're believing God for are incredible. But the miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle of all time. So rejoice greatly because God has changed you. This is what, what Jesus is saying here. You know, the apostle Paul says in, in Romans chapter five and in first Corinthians chapter 15, and look, I'm, I'm not gonna read it. You guys can go and read it for yourself later. I'm gonna paraphrase it for the, for the sake of time so I can get our community kids out of here quicker. But I, I was told my wife said, hey, you better change some things up this Sunday. You got the community, you got big church. So I was like, I'll keep it moving, babe. <clears throat> so I'm trying. But, but I'm gonna paraphrase this because in both instances, in Romans chapter five and in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul makes this declaration. He says, through one man's sin, talking about Adam, when Adam disobeyed in the garden of Eden, right? And he ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. He said, through the one man's sin, sin spread to all mankind. And then death has now reigned over all. But through the one man's sacrifice, through the one man's resurrection, how many of you know that Jesus died, but then he rose again and he's seated on high after three days? It's incredible. But through the one man's sacrifice and the one man's resurrection, the many have been saved. The many and all can receive life again in him. And in 1 Corinthians, where we started this morning, chapter one, verse 18, the apostle Paul knows that this will sound like foolishness to some. And, and I think the reason that he, he knows it's gonna sound like foolishness to some is because he at one point in time thought it was foolishness himself. Because remember, the, the, the apostle Paul at one time was known as Saul, right? And he went around persecuting and killing and arresting Christians that believed in the miracle of salvation through Jesus. 
He thought it was foolishness. This is crazy. What are you talking about? No way. And he starts arresting people and locking them up and beating them because of it. And so he knows that some will think this is this foolishness. This is because this is who he was until Jesus pursued him. See, Jesus came after Paul. How many of you realize this? That Jesus chose you. You didn't choose him. That Jesus came after you. He came for you. See, I think way too often we take way too much credit for our own salvation. Like we're the one doing the choosing. Oh, no, no, no. He chose us and we responded to him choosing us. That's all we did. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says this, that, that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, separated as a people for God's own possession. He chose, he chose you. He's the one that chose us, man. It's incredible. He's the one that's pursued us and, and came after us. He's the one that left his heavenly throne in order to bring us salvation. John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says it this way. He says it straight to us. You did not choose me. I chose you. Amazing. No one can come to the Father except for the spirit that draws them, Jesus says in another place. See, he chose, he chose us. And, and this, this message, this word of the cross will sound like foolishness to those who are perishing. But, but for us, but for us who are being saved by it, it's the very, the very power of God that leads us to salvation. This is, the, this is the message of salvation, the miracle of salvation. And see, the apostle Paul, he finally catches this revelation in his life. He finally catches it. And in Romans chapter one, verse 16, he says this, he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. He's like, I'm done wasting my time talking about all this other stuff. I'm done chasing my own tail. I'm giving my whole heart over to him and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Church, listen to me. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot be ashamed of it. Man, we've got to stop wasting our time talking to our coworkers who don't know Jesus about the weather. We got to stop talking to our neighbors who don't know Jesus about, about your favorite sports teams, right? Uh, to our family members about what's happening around us when they're far from Jesus, we need to be sharing with them the, the message of salvation. We got to tell them what Jesus has, has done for, for them. There are so many people who have not believed and received the gospel. So many. And this is a really sobering thought, but it's, but it's true. And the Bible is clear that if you don't receive him and know him, he'll say to you on that day, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Be cast out into outer darkness where the worm never dies and the fire never stops. That's what the word of God says, because why? Hell is a real place created for those who didn't respond to his choosing. And that's tough to hear, but it's, it's what the word of God tells us. It's what it tells us. And so if we care about those who are around us that don't know Jesus, man, we should be telling them about him, what he's done for them. Our attitude needs to, to change if it's not already there. Change it needs to change to I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've believed it and I've received it. And I know that it's the, the power of God that leads us to salvation. I'm done wasting any more of my time. A lot of my family really gets sick of me. 
Because if they don't know Jesus, I don't talk to them about anything else but him. And they get really annoyed. They're like, okay, dude, I get it. Okay, well then give your life to him. (laughs) I'm not going to shut up until you do it. Because I care about you. Man, we got to tell people about him. About the miracle of salvation. You know, I heard, I heard an evangelist say this one time. He asked this question. He said, if you had the cure for cancer, would you not tell everyone about it? And of course, we'd all be like, well, yeah. Of course we would. Like, what do you mean? He said, well, you, if you've given your life to Jesus, then you got the cure for eternal life. Why aren't you telling everyone about him? And it really got me thinking. I was like, man, you're right. You're right. Man, we can't be ashamed of the, of the one who saved our soul, who gave us eternal life in him. We can't be ashamed of it. Matter of fact, Jesus warns us of this in Luke chapter nine. He says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. Sobering, but true. And here's the thing about this message, right? This message of the miracle of salvation. It's a simple message, but boy, it's a powerful message. And God has declared and decided for all of us who believed it and received it, it's our job to tell everyone about it, everyone. And what an incredible message to tell everyone. God gave his life so that you could have life forever. See, the new year causes people to think about change, right? Man, what a great opportunity to tell them about the one who can bring the ultimate change. Because the best way to bring about any change in our lives is to believe and receive Jesus with everything that is within us. Jesus is clear. He said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. I came to set the captive free. This is why I came. Telling us his first mission was to bring salvation. And in John chapter six, verse 40, and I'm closing right here, I'm closing. John chapter six, verse 40. Jesus himself says this. He says, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who sees the son. Now, really quickly, something really important here to realize is is what Jesus, what word Jesus is using in the Greek for sees. Because the word Jesus used here for, for the Greek is thoro. Now it's got a bunch of rolling R's. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it for you. It's like raro or something like that, but you get the picture. So, but it's, it's thoro. And what it means is, is to perceive. To perceive or to behold or to look for or to seek after. So it means way more than just looking with some natural eyes and, and to see, to see someone. It means way more than that. This is why the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. And so this is what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about seeing with our our natural eyes. It's perceiving who he is, realizing who he is, beholding who he is. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the entire world. Perceiving that, believing it, and pursuing him with everything that is within us. Not seeing with natural eyes. Matter of fact, in John chapter 20, Jesus gives this incredible blessing. He's talking to his disciples and he says this. He says, you guys believe because you've seen with your eyes, but blessed are they who have not seen, but yet they still believe. They'll be blessed. So what Jesus is, is talking about here is for us who, 
who sees him, who beholds him, who believes him, who seeks after him. Them, for everyone, for this was the will of my father, that everyone who sees the son and believes in him will receive eternal life. Believes in the Greek, pistio was the name of the word, pistio. And it means so much more than some head knowledge and something that you read in a book. It means so much more than that. So much more than something that we just say, like, yeah, I believe, I believe, yeah, I believe, I believe. Matter of fact, the book of James in James chapter two, he says, even the demons say they believe in Jesus and they shudder at his name. What, what, what benefit is that to you? What credit is that to you to say you believe? It's pistio is, the, is the, Greek, the Greek word, which means this to put full trust in, to put full confidence in and to entrust to. It's all of it all together in one word. The American language don't do very good in its translation of it. It's all of it together. So when Jesus is talking about everyone who believes in him, he's saying everyone who puts their full trust in me, everyone who puts their full confidence in me, every single person that entrusts their entire lives to me, for them, they will receive They will inherit eternal life. See, in order to to receive salvation, we must believe in Jesus the way the Bible says to believe in Jesus. The way the Bible does. Full trust, full confidence, trusting everything in our lives to him. And then we will be the ones that experience the miracle of salvation. For this is the will of my father. Can we pull that up for me? John 6, 40 on the screens. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who sees the son, every, everyone who beholds the son and perceives that he is who he says he is and believes, puts their full trust and entrusts their entire lives to him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. I myself will raise him up on the last day. Romans chapter 10, verse nine. The apostle Paul, he says it this way. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is is Lord. If you're not ashamed of the gospel. And if you believe in your heart, pistio, again, same word, pistio in your heart, have full confidence in who he is and that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. If you do this, you'll experience the greatest change, the greatest change ever. A change that a new year's resolution has no power to bring you, has no authority to bring you. None of your own resolution can bring about this type of a change. It's a change that comes only by grace through faith. It's amazing. This is the miracle of salvation, church. And listen, if if we wanna be a place of miracles, if we wanna be a house of miracles, we've gotta be a people who rejoice in our salvation. Worship God for this incredible gift that he's given us, this free gift that he's given us. We, We gotta be a people who rejoice in it. And then we gotta be a people who are constantly encouraging and leading others to salvation. This is how we become a house of miracles. Come on and stand to your feet, please.
Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around, please. Yeah, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus. You're looking for lasting change. You're sick of wasting your time. Man, today's the day that salvation has come to your house. Today's the day. Today, the Bible says when we receive Jesus, right? Behold, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. And behold, all things are made brand new. It's incredible. And so look, if today you need to give your life to Jesus. And we would love to to walk with you through that prayer. And we're going to all pray it together. But if if that's you today, man, won't you just lift up your hand where you are? If you need to give your life to him. And man, we want to pray all together with you. We're not going to make you come up here or nothing. But, you know, I've had people ask me, say, why do you make people raise their hands? I say, well, Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross at Calvary. I think we could lift our hands to show. That Jesus, we want you, we need you. Or maybe you're here today and you, you've already given your life to Christ. And, but man, you just want more. You're just hungry for more. You're tired of chasing things you shouldn't be chasing. Tired of struggling with things you shouldn't be struggling with. If, if that's you today, man, I'm believing for breakthrough in your life as you recognize this miracle of salvation that God has so graciously given to you. And so right now, if you all could just keep your eyes closed and heads bowed and just just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And I believe, I put my full trust, my full confidence, I entrust my entire life to you right now. Lord, I know I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I ask you to come into my life to change me and to make me whole hallelujah Lord I thank you for each and every person here and those that have said that prayer for the first time God I thank you that right now Lord you are are encompassing them with your spirit that there's a wall of fire and a hedge of protection around that seed that was just sown the seed of salvation And I pray that it would grow and grow and grow in you. And Lord, all those that are here today that are are heavy laden and weary, God, I pray that they would come to you and you would give them rest. I pray that. I pray all those who are are, are struggling with, with, with chaotic thoughts in their hearts and in their minds, I pray for the peace of God to cover them even now. Lord, I pray that those that need a healing, God, we speak healing over their life in Jesus' name. Anybody struggling with COVID-19, God, we speak healing over their life right now in Jesus' name. God, we we speak protection over our body in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. And Lord, I I speak a, a blessing over your people, a blessing of your presence, an increase of your favor in their life for 2021. We declare the favorable year of the Lord upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.